for the last three weeks, we've been looking at the life of Moses, but specifically, we've been looking at some characteristics or some leadership traits or some leadership lessons that Moses learned on his journey to become one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. Now, Moses ended his life, he ended his service as a great leader who led the nation of Israel, who led the people of God through the wilderness for 40 years, taking them to the promised land. But he, he started out as an insecure, unwilling leader who didn't think he was capable of doing what God had called him to do. Now, we, we've been looking at the last several weeks, we've been saying, talking about leadership, and we've been saying that leadership, typically when we think about leadership, we think about a position, we think about a, a role someone plays, we think about some authority that someone has, but leadership is, is not about position, it's not about authority, it's not about power. Leadership is all about influence. Leadership is simply one life influencing another life. And because we all have influence over someone, we all are a leader to someone. Scott Adams said this, he said, you don't have to be a person of influence to be influential. <clears throat> in fact, the most influential people in my life are probably not even aware of the things they've taught me. Every one of us have influence in the lives of others, so we're all leaders. Maybe it's influence at home. Maybe it's influence at work. Maybe it's influence at school. Maybe it's influence in your neighborhood. But wherever it is, every one of us have the opportunity to influence the life of someone else. We are all aware of people that we intentionally influence, but there are people in your life that you influence without even knowing it. There are people that watch you that you don't even, you're not even aware of it. And they're looking at you, and they're studying you, and they're learning from you. And you are influencing them without even knowing that you're influencing it. So that makes these lessons that we've learned even more significant. Now, to review kind of the things we've looked at the last several weeks. In week one, we saw that leaders grow in character. Leaders who are obedient to God and leaders who, who serve God and leaders who want to, to, to please God. They are leaders who grow in their character. They listen for the voice of God. They look for the activity of God and they're obedient to the word of God. And then in week two, we saw that leaders lead courageously despite the obstacles that they may face. Moses as a brand new leader. He, he's been on the job for a couple weeks and all of a sudden, he's, he's leading three million people, and he's facing the Red Sea, and he's got Pharaoh's army behind him, and it's a, a hopeless, impossible situation. But he still led courageously because he understood that God was going to be the one doing the work through him. So leaders lead courageously <coughs> despite the challenges. And we saw last week that leaders receive counsel from other people. Now, all of these lessons we've learned, they've, they've come from the life of Moses in Exodus. So tonight, as we're going to look at the last lesson from the life of Moses, we're going to look at this truth that we need to learn. Leaders share responsibility of leadership by developing new leaders. Leaders share the responsibility of leadership by developing new New leader. So we're going to look at the same passage we looked at last week, but we're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. So turn your Bibles to Genesis, nope, Exodus chapter 18, <coughs> starting in verse number 13. <clears throat> and it came to pass on the morrow 
that Moses sat down to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning unto the evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw that he, he did, all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God, when they have a matter, they come to, unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. <coughs> and Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I'll give you, I will give, you, give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, and that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, for to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge, so it shall be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, as God command thee so, and then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened unto the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all of Israel, and made them heads over the people, of, of rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, and had the hard cases they brought unto Moses. But every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and they went his way, and he went his way into his own land. So as we look at this passage last week. We saw the truth that leaders receive godly leaders, leaders who are successful, leaders who are, who are effective in their leadership. They receive counsel from other people. And that we saw several principles. One thing that we looked at, one thing that we said was leadership can often be lonely, but leadership is never meant to be done alone. God never anticipated us to, to lead either our families by ourselves. That's why he gave a husband and a wife, a mother and a father to partner together, to lead, to lead together. And I know not every family is made up like that, but they have community of believers and other friends and family and grandparents to help them and to help them raise up the children the way God has commanded them to do. But even in a church situation, God has not, does not want us to lead alone. <clears throat> now, we don't just need others to give us input so we can do all the leading ourselves. We need others to share the responsibility of leading so that we can help develop them into new leaders. Now, how do we develop our followers into leaders? How do we encourage them to share the burden? How do we get them to take on the responsibility of leading as well? And to answer that question, we're going to answer four other questions about how we can develop other people into leaders with us. So the first question we've got to ask is, what is it that only you as a leader can do? There are some things that only the leader can do. There were certain things that only Moses could do. So the first thing that Jethro did 
when he spoke into Moses' life was to help him focus on what it was Moses was supposed to do as the leader. <laughs> In a leadership position, it's very easy to take everything on as your, as for yourself and to have your, everything as your responsibility. And you've got to do everything. And if you're not taking care of it, and if you're not watching over it, then it's not going to get done right. And so you, you micromanage everything. And it's easy to do in any situation. In the church, we first started the church, you know, I remember when I was first uh, got out of Bible college and I was talking to pastors about uh, how to start a church and getting advice. I remember one of them came to me and said, well, the first thing you got to do is you, you got to make sure that the first Sunday you've got someone to take the money and deposit it for you. I'm like, who? This, this stranger off the street, I'm just going to hand him a bag of cash? Say, hey, can you deposit this for me? Lord, trust you. So there's some things that when we first started out we had to do ourselves, but as we grew, we delegated more responsibility and gave other things to other people and, and let other people do things. And, but when we first started out, we, we had to do it all. And it's very easy when you start doing that to get to the point where when you have other people to help you and you have other people that want to help and can help, that you still say, no, I, I've got to do it all. Because if I don't do it, it won't get done. And that's where Moses was. He was like, I'm the one who's got to speak into these people's lives. I'm the one God called to lead them, to guide them, to direct them, to teach them his statutes. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So I've got to be the one to deal with every single person, every, every one of the three million people. They have to come to me because I'm the one that's got to take care of it. But there are some things that others could do to take the burden off of Moses and there are things that only Moses could do. So Moses had to pinpoint what it was that only he could do. And Lee Stanley said this. He said, only do what only you can do. Catch that? Only do what only you can do. See, leadership is a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you try to run a marathon like it's a sprint, you're not going to make it. You're not going to finish. I don't know why you would run a marathon anyway. What's chasing you for that long? I mean, what's chasing you for 26 miles? You can't get away. We'll find a police officer. So, you know, but if you want to run a marathon, you don't sprint it because you're never going to finish it. So there are a lot of things that happen at the church behind the scenes that I used to do that I don't, that I don't want to do anymore. Why? Because I don't have to do them. I don't have to do the bulletins anymore. Praise the Lord. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about the offering anymore. I don't have to worry about all these other things that, that go on, the, the, getting the, 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 the expense reports and getting all these things out and all the paperwork and paying the bills and all these. I don't have to worry about those anymore. Now, there was a time where I had to do them. But now I have to look at it and say, what, what, what have... What is it in the church that only I can do? And biblically, the only thing I'm, the thing I'm called to do is preach and pray. And that's it. Now, I do a lot more than that, but I don't do as much as I used to of everything else. I've taken a lot of stuff and given it to John, to Stacy, to our deacons, other men, other ladies who can help take the burden so that I can do what only I can do. What God has called me to do. So you can assume all the responsibility of leadership on your own, but it will destroy you. 
Moses thought, I'm the only one that they need to come to. I'm the one that must speak into their life. And it was too much of a burden to him. His father-in-law said, Moses, if you keep doing this, it's going to destroy you. The burden is too great for you. So what are you spending your time on that someone else could do just as good as you or probably better? Now, speaking as a, a, a leader who likes to have his, used to like to have his hands and everything. When he, when I used to, I mean, I can, I could give this away, but you know what? I can, I can probably do it better than them. So since I can do it better, I better do it. Yeah. <laughs> but so you got to ask yourself, okay, well, what can I give away that they can do 85% as good as I can? Because the truth is they can probably do it better than you. But the thing, you got to say, what can I give away to let someone else help with or use or do in their own ministry so that they get encouraged, they grow as a leader, but also it takes the burden off of me. Not only does sharing responsibility take a burden off of you, but it helps grow other people as leaders as well. Howard Hendricks said this, he said, the, the secret of concentration is elimination. If you're going to concentrate your attention on certain areas, you're going to have to eliminate things that you're doing in other areas. So Jethro was telling Moses, Moses, if you're going to be the best leader you can be, then there's some things you're going to have to eliminate from your life and share with other people so you can focus on what God has called you to do. All of us have a certain amount of capacity of what we can do. And if you don't share your responsibility with others, you are limiting your ability to lead. So you've got to ask yourself, what is it? that only you can do as a leader. List those things out, and whatever's on the someone else can do list, it's your responsibility as a leader to find someone who can take those responsibilities from you. And look, this works in any city, not just churches, this works at home. Look, mom and dad, your kids can vacuum some. That's taking some, and that's training them. I know kids, you hate me right now. But it can train them to take care of themselves. You know, it can train them to be leaders one day. They can empty the dishwasher. They can load the dishwasher. They get old enough, they can, they can cook. You know, Parker, he had the responsibility for the last several years of mowing. And then idiot broke his leg. And now I got to do it again. But that was something I gave him he could do. And he took that and he started mowing her neighbor's yard and she started paying him for it. And so I was training him to be a leader because one day he's going to be a dad. He's going to have a kid. And you know what he's going to do with his kid? He's going to let him mow the yard to train him. To be a leader. This works. We need to look at our life and say, what is something? And look, even, even young kids, you can, you know, toddlers, can they vacuum? Not well, but give them a vacuum and let them go at it. But they can, they can pick up their toys. They can help set the table for, don't give them the breakable stuff, but they can help set, you know, look at what you can give them to train them to be leaders. Yes, it's taking responsibility off of you. But I'll be honest, as a parent, especially with toddlers, trying to teach them to vacuum, it's not taking the burden of vacuuming off of you because you're going to have to vacuum after them, right? But you're training them. You're growing them into leadership as well. So look at your life and say, what is it that only I can do? And whatever is not my responsibility as a leader, whatever is not my realm, whatever someone else can do, who can I encourage or who can I get to do this to help them, yes, take the burden off of me, but also to help grow them as a leader. So here's the second question you got to ask. <coughs> Who is around me that can share the responsibility of leading? 
See, once you identify what you can, what you don't, what is not your responsibility only, but someone else can do, don't just stop doing it and hope and pray someone picks it up. Don't just say, well, I'm not, I don't, you know, someone else can do the bulletin, so I'm not going to do them. And then come in next Sunday and, why didn't the bulletins get done? Because I didn't do it and I didn't tell anybody else to. So you've got to not only say, well, here's something that I don't have to do or I, can't, I can give to someone else, but then you've got to say, well, who can I give this to? Who can, I, who can I use to help take the responsibility of leading? So whatever area of influence you have, whether it's your home, on the field, at work, there are God-given people that God has put into your life to help share the responsibility. So God told Moses, Jethro told Moses where he was gifted, and then he told him, said, find other people around you to help, to help take care of the areas that you don't have to take care of. Gene Mim said the most critical decision you make as a leader is choosing the right people to help you. Jethro gave Moses counsel on how to choose the right people. Look at it in verse number 21. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. So there are three principles that Jethro gave to Moses on how to choose these men. Now, one of these, some people say it doesn't apply to secular uh, work for secular situations, but I believe it does anyway. But what are the three principles that he gave me? He goes, first of all, find men that have people that already have influence. He said, told Moses to find able men. The word able in the Hebrew is a word that can have two, that has two separate meanings to make up the one word of able. One meaning is the idea of strength. It's someone who is capable. It's not someone who's necessarily physically strong, but someone who is has strong traits in a certain area. But the other part of the the other idea it has is the idea of influence. He is telling Moses to look for people that other people are already following. Look for people that already have influence, that already have strengths in certain areas and use them to help take the burden. So if people are not leading where they're at, they're not going to lead where you place them. So leadership responsibility is not something you give to someone who's not doing anything to try to get them to do something. Say, well, you know what, I know, I know Zach here is not doing much for the Lord, so let me go ahead and make him assistant pastor because I'll make him step up and be a leader. No, it ain't. He ain't gonna, if he ain't leading at home, he ain't going to lead here, amen? Now, I'm using Zach because I know Zach is leading at home. I, I will pick on people that I know it's not true with. That's why I didn't use John because anyway, no. <laughs> but so if someone, you look for someone who's, Already, lead, maybe it's in a small area, but they're already doing so. People already follow them. People are already, they're already influential. They already have strengths. They, here's someone that I can use to take off the leadership burden. So he said, look for people who are, have influence. Second thing, he said, look for people who have intimacy. He said, men who are able and fear God. They live in response to God's greatness, and they live in fellowship with God. They have a relationship with their Heavenly Father. Now look, it may not be the best, it may not be awesome, but they're growing in their walk with God. Do they have, do they have more things to do? Sure, but let's be honest, we all do. None of us have arrived. And the moment you think you've arrived, you're wrong. So it's not like, well, they got to be perfect in their relationship. No, but they're growing in the relationship with God. Men and women who have a heart to listen to the voice of God. 
there's someone who they have influence, but they don't care about God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick them. I wouldn't, even in a secular situation, well, you can get sued. Well, get sued. That's just me. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick them. They've got to have influence. They've got to have authority. But they also need to have a relationship and a heart for God. <coughs> Third principle Moses said to, uh, Jethro said to look for was people with integrity. He said, men of truth that hate covetousness. That word covetousness means dishonest gain. He said, look for men that are honest. Look for men that have integrity. Look for men, and I know I'm using the word men here. Ladies, don't get mad. It's people, okay? I'm using that generically. You look for people who are trustworthy, who keep their word, who are, are, are honest in everything that they do. They, how they live is matched up with what they say. So when you're looking for someone to help share in the leadership burden, look for people that have influence, look for people that have intimacy with God, and look for people that have integrity in their lives. You cannot lead effectively if you're not developing new leaders in your leadership role. So here's the third question you ask. What is your process for developing new leaders? Again, it doesn't happen by accident. It's not just you put someone in leadership position and all of a sudden, poof, the leadership fairy comes by, sprinkles them in leadership, and look, they're an awesome leader. No, no, no. It takes some work. It takes some process. It takes some, 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 some working with them. So it's a process, and Moses had a process to develop new leaders. Look in verse number 25. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds and rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. So what did he do first of all? First of all, he identified new leaders. The word choose there means to make a choice based on a thorough examination. He didn't just randomly choose these men. He didn't just go by and say, hey, you, you 50, you'll do. No, he, he thoroughly, he went through the first principles and he, he looked at their life. Did they have integrity? Did they have intimacy with God? Did they already have influence? And he, he, he looked at their life. He examined their life. He prayed about it. And that's a good thing to do in any decision you do. Pray about it. And then he identified the new leaders. But after he identified the new leaders, the second thing he did was he equipped the new leaders. Look at verse 20. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and thou shalt show them the way wherein they must walk. So the word teach there means to train. It literally means to shine a light on things that are not seen. It's to help people see things that they, would, they don't normally see. It's like we talked about last week where Moses allowed people to counsel him because they could see areas of his life he was aware of. They saw blind spots. It's the same thing. It's not just giving someone a leadership position and saying, have at it. It's coming to them and saying, hey, I, I know, you know you're not aware of this, but here's a danger spot to see in your life. Here's, here's something you need to be aware of. Here's, here's some, some careful things you need to take care of. It is teaching them how to, how to do right. And he says to show them. Now, show them is different from teach. Teach is an instructional word. Show them is a relational word. Teach them is something you do and, and you tell them, hey, this is, this is what you need to be aware of. This is something you need to do. Show them is an example that you live for them. It's doing life for them, with them. It's allowing them to, to look into your life and to see how you treat your wife, how you treat your kids, how you, you deal with, with, with trouble and how you deal with problems and how you deal with strife and is letting them be a part of your life. It is the idea of letting them in your life so you're not just teaching them, but you're showing them by example. 
So he identified new leaders, he equipped new leaders. Third thing he did, empower them. Again, verse 25. <coughs> and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands and hundreds and fifties, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. He didn't just talk about giving it. He, he made them leaders. Now, you don't have responsibility unless you don't give responsibility without giving authority. Moses would have been foolish to set up these men and say, you're in charge of all these people, but don't do anything without getting my approval first. Don't make a decision without coming to me first. That's not giving. You've got to give them responsibility, but also give them authority to act on that responsibility. So he, he made them leaders. He empowered them to do what he needed them to do. He empowered them to lead. That's what God did to Moses. God empowered Moses to lead, and now Moses is empowering these men to help him take the burden of leadership. Craig Rochelle said this. He said, whenever we delegate tasks, we are creating followers. Whenever we delegate authority, we are creating leaders. So give them, give them responsibility, give them authority, give them the ability to do what you need them to do. Moses didn't just identify them and train them. He empowered them and then let everyone know that he had given them the authority to do what he needed them to do. Not only did he identify them and equip them and empower them, fourthly, he coached them. Verse 26, and they judged the people at all seasons. They had they caught hard cases. They brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. If they had a difficult problem, they were able to come back to Moses and get some help and get some advice. What this tells us is he, he stayed in relationship with them so that if they needed him, he was there. They would grow to the point eventually where they didn't need him as much, but it took time. It took time for them to learn what are really the hard causes and what are things I can take care of myself. If you don't actively develop new leaders, you are failing as a leader. So here's the fourth question we need to ask ourselves, and it's probably the most important. Number four, why is developing leaders so important? Why have we spent four weeks on looking at how to learn these leadership lessons, how to develop new leaders. Why does it matter? Well, number one, leaders don't last. Whoever your leader is today, they will not be your leader all the time. They may die, they may move, they may change position, whatever, whoever your leader is now won't always be. Leaders don't last. In Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Moses wasn't going to be around forever, and he knew it. Someone had to take over the leadership role of leading Israel into the promised land. Because once they got to the promised land, you know what? They had a lot of battles to fight. They had a lot of trials to go through. And Joshua, when he takes them to the promised land, he's got to take them across the Red Sea and hit God, parts the Red Sea for, I'm not the Red Sea, the Jordan River. He parted the Jordan River for Joshua, just like he parted the Red Sea for Moses. But Moses knew the day is coming where I'm going to die and someone else has to lead the people. Someone else has to train the people. And so he needed someone else to be around during their next stage of history. So in any situation, leaders are temporary. That means we have to make sure 
that we are developing new leaders. Now, one day I'm going to die. I hope it's, you know, 100 years down the road. Not 100. The world's getting pretty bad. I'm not hoping 400. But anyway, I hope it's many, many years down the road. But the thing is, all of us are going to. And us, us senior saints, you know, I've been saved now for 20 years. Those of you have been, been saved 20, 30, 40, 50 years, eventually you're going to be with the Lord in heaven. Someone else has got to lead the next generation of Christianity. We've got to train them on how to lead, on how to walk with God, on how to follow God, so that when, when we're gone, they're done just standing around going, well, I don't know what to do. Grandpa's gone. We've got to train new leaders. We've got to teach them the same things that we learned to walk with God. If we're not training new leaders, our leadership is self-centered and short-sighted. Moses spent years training and developing Joshua to lead. He walked with Joshua. He did life with Joshua. He poured into Joshua. When you study the life of Moses, when Moses was on Mount Sinai with God for 40 days getting the Ten Commandments, you know where Joshua was? Right on the mountain with him, just outside where he wouldn't get killed by God's presence. But he was there. Everywhere Moses was, there was Joshua. When they go into the promised land to scout it out, they send in 12 spies. One of them's Joshua, and they come back. Ten of them are like, man, we can't do this. And two of them, one of them, Joshua, said, oh, we can, we can take those giants. We can take that land because we have God. How did Joshua have such faith? Because Moses had trained him. Moses had poured into him. So that when Moses died, there was someone else to take up the mantle and continue leading. So we need to understand leaders don't last forever. The second reason is we need to develop leaders is, number two, God's plan is bigger than my life as a leader. David said in Psalms 33, 11, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his hearts to all generations. God's plan is bigger than my lifetime. What he desires to do in and through us is bigger than any of us. God has eternal purposes that are a small part of it, and we are a small part of it in a very limited amount of time. So because God's plans are bigger than my life, I have to do develop new leaders because his plan is going to continue on long after I'm gone. So I must develop new leaders for the next section. Third reason we need to develop new leaders is Christ's life leadership demands developing leaders. Jesus' model of, of leadership was to spend more time on succession than he did on success. Here's what I mean. Jesus would never be invited to preach at a church planner's conference. Why? Because in three years, he had 12 people. In, in our eyes, man, you ministered for three years and you got 12? Pfft, you're a failure. But six months after he left, those 12 people had 120,000 followers. Because he was more concerned about succession of his ministry than he was the success of what he had on earth. Jesus' whole three and a half years was about raising up 12 leaders. So if we're going to lead like Jesus, we need to develop new, new leaders. Four weeks we've spent on leadership. Why? 
Well, we've just installed two new deacons in our leadership of our church. We have three other deacons who are already and still leaders of this church. I want them and, the, and you as a church to know why I feel God called, led to call them to that position. I believe God called these men to, to help lead our church because they have influence. They have an intimate relationship with God and they have integrity. But I also expect them to develop leaders under them. I expect them to look at people in the church and say, who can I have come along beside me and take some leadership responsibility and, and I can develop them into new leaders? Why? Because, you know, and we're going to need new deacons eventually. David's 50. He's pretty old. He won't last long. I mean, he's creaking already. So we, we need more leaders. But then I want them to take the leaders they develop and say, hey, now you look for someone and train them to be a leader, to learn how to walk with God, to learn how to treat their wife right, learn how to treat their husband well, lead how to, learn how to raise their kids. I, want to, I am to develop leaders under me, and you are to develop leaders under you. All of us here are leaders. And all of us are, have the responsibility to develop future leaders for God's work. Well, I'm too old. My work's done. No, it's not. If you're here, your work's not done. God doesn't keep junk around. When he's done with you, he'll bring you home. So if you're here, you still have the responsibility to pour into the next generation and invest in others. I'm just a mom. Who can I develop? The kids that God's given you. He's placed them in your life for you to grow them into good Christian men and women. Because look, if you look around at the kids in this world, we are in trouble when they take over. All right? When this participation trophy generation starts leading our nation, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? So we need good Christian moms and dads to train their kids to be good Christian men and women to lead this nation and lead their communities to, to help do something. Because if not, man, just I don't want to be around. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest right there. So who am I supposed to? The people, the children that God has given you. Invest in them so they are capable leaders as adults. So here's the truth. We need every one of us. If you're here this evening and you're listening to me, you have someone that you can invest in. So who are you investing in? Let's pray. Heavenly Father.